The world is becoming increasingly proficient at telling stories that deny God. As such, we need Thinking Christian to become as natural as breathing. Welcome to the Thinking Christian Podcast. I'm Dr. James Spencer. Through calm, thoughtful, theological discussions, Thinking Christian highlights the ways God is working in the world and questions the underlying social, cultural, and political assumptions that hinder Christians from becoming more like Christ. Now, on to today's episode of Thinking Christian. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Thinking Christian. I am joined today by Riley Meek. And uh, Riley runs an organization called um, the King's Council, and he also hosts the King's Council podcast. And so we're going to be talking a little bit about um, his ministry, his life, and uh, how he sees entrepreneurship fitting into the kingdom of God. So Riley, welcome. Thanks for being here, man. Yeah. Hey, James. Happy to be here, man. This will be fun. Hey, I'm... uh, just uh, introduce yourself to the audience, man. Tell us uh, how you came to faith, um, you know, kind of where you're at now, and just would love to hear a little bit about your story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, brother. So um, I jokingly say I gave my life to entrepreneurship at the age of 15, um, and then I gave actually gave my life to Christ at the age of 16. Um, I grew up in a small community in, in South Dakota, and, and bro, when I say small, I'm like, we're talking like a thousand people in my town. My, my graduating high school class was like 45 kids. Uh, and so there wasn't a whole lot going on there, but um, I, uh, the summer of my sophomore year of high school, I actually was, I, I spent six weeks up in Minnesota, which is actually where I, I currently still reside. And uh um, I was just, I was introduced to the gospel, like the true gospel. And, and I had never, you know, in South Dakota, um, it, it's kind of sad, but it's just, everybody is just like, you're, you're just assumed you're a Christian. Right. And I didn't really know that there was any difference between like Jesus as Lord of my life or versus like, oh, we just go to church. And then the same people I see at church are at the bar you know, an hour later. Right. And it was just like, a, this is the way of life there. Um, and so when I was, when I had this experience of, of like, oh my goodness, like Jesus is real. And, and that's a relationship uh, again, at the age of 16 radically changed my life. Cause I was in some junk leading up to that man. Um, but just partying a lot, doing a lot of stupid stuff through, through at a young, you know, far too young of an age. Uh, and uh, had it just a, you know, a, a tough time really going back to my environment, being around the same people that I used to be around uh, and, and, you know, just a totally different me. Right. It's like I wasn't the guy that was out partying or, or doing all this stupid stuff I used to do. Um, and, you know, by the grace of God, just was able to get through that time Though I moved back up to Minnesota that literally the day I graduated high school, got plugged into um, small community college here, was introduced to InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. And I was like, this is this is incredible. Like the, some of the greatest community uh, and bonds in my, my life. And, and I really don't have any connection with those guys anymore, but I almost, I could almost guarantee if I called any of them right now and I was like, Hey, I need you. They would be there in, in an instant because there was just a brotherhood that, that we had built there. But um, you know, life happened. And, and rather than me actually living by design, I was just kind of by default. And I started down, continued in my entrepreneurial journey and experienced um, what the world would call, uh, you know, a lot of success uh, financially. And and I continued to, to you know, grow my different businesses. And James, one of the things, man, that that I never really, you know, as, as I left college, I, I just, I, I, 
I no longer had the community. I no longer had the friends that I, that I was hanging around with. And I was being influenced a heck of a lot more than I was being the influencer. And, uh, my life just turned into a train wreck. Like my story really truly is the prodigal son. Um, and you know, when I, I believe money is a, is a, you know, can be a great tool, but it's, it's a great magnifier. Uh, and thank God he allowed me to grow through these situations in my life. And he exposed a lot of areas that I still needed to grow in. And, um, and thankfully he just never took his hand off of me, man. I ended up, I went through a divorce, um, just doing a lot of stupid things. And, 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 and the real reason why, what I equate it back to is I just didn't have community. I didn't have discipleship in my life. I didn't really even know what that was. Cause when I gave my life to Christ and then I just went back to, you know, South Dakota, it was like, well, I had the Bible and that was pretty much it. And I'm trying to figure this stuff out really on my own. Um, and, and not having that, that kind of mentorship in my life was, was something that has, has really been on, on my heart. Um, to be able to pour back into to others, uh, just so they don't have, don't have to go through the junk that I went through. And so, uh, you know, fast forward about four years ago, uh, you know, we had, again, financially, we've done very well. God's blessed us um, with multiple different business ventures. And I'm only 38. But when I was 34, man, I had just this this moment in time where it was just like, God, is this, is this all there is? Is this, is this what life is about? Now, granted, I hadn't been praying. I had been communicating with God at all other than like, I'm at my, my ends with of just like, I gotta, like, this gotta be more to life. And so just, just this period of unfulfillment um, where I just found myself crying out to him, right? And how good of a God do we have that it doesn't matter where you are or, you know, how long it's been. Uh, it was just like, Lord, I know you're real. And I'm, you know, I'm sorry. I've been a, a fool for this this long a time, and and I just remembered back to those times that I had with that brotherhood, that community, where it was like, man, we things were just, it was just amazing. The relationships that that we were having, it was church, like that was church. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I started just to think about where I was at in life, and and you know, I've been involved in a number of business masterminds and and groups that that kind of pose as community, right? But most of them were it's like you get together to supposedly do business. And then I find, you know, they're, they're all going out to the bars afterwards. And it's just like, listen, I don't want that for my life anymore. Right. And I started just to look at like scan the internet of like, is there a community out there that actually has, that is faith-based that isn't just a bunch of gray haired men, uh, nothing against them, but that could be fun. That could actually have like, could we actually like, is can we make Christianity cool again? This is like my my mindset on this. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and I think through that, I started to raise my hand. I was like, does anybody else feel this way? And, you know, I was able to get plugged back into a, a church community, um, seeked out different mentors uh, in different parts of the country. And I was I was just plugging into the word of God, asking those tough questions that I didn't know. And God radically ha- has grown me in the past four years, man. Um, and through that process, it was just, hey, does anybody else feel this way? It turns out there's a lot of people out there, uh, specifically <laughs> entrepreneurs that were like, yeah. Also, we feel a little out of place, like, because entrepreneurs, we th- we think a little bit differently in, in the fact that it's like we see a problem and now it's like, how do we solve that problem? How do we make it better? And and I think, you know, the, the church as a whole, I think um, 
does a great job, right, at, at serving for men's ministry or women's ministry or, or there's a kid children's ministry. But like there's a segment of the population of entrepreneurs where we're just like, yes, I can serve. I can I can go direct traffic. I can usher. But is there more? <laughs> is there more that, that we could do to serve the body of Christ? And and that really is is, you know, our, our ministry. It's called the King's Council, meaning Jesus is king, right? Like that's it. And, and he is king. We are on the council. Uh, and ultimately our, our, our mission is to uh, really come along the side of the local church, to be the catalyst of the local church, uh, to disciple entrepreneurs with the intent to increase the tithe and promote radical generosity. And, uh, and that's what we do, man. We've had thousands of people that have come through our, our, our ministry over the past three, four years, um, we, we provide business coaching and things along those lines as well. But, you know, our heart really is, is to come alongside. We provide small group curriculum um, to serve that segment that really is what I believe God is, is, is moving us into here in, in 2024 and beyond is, is really provision, being provision for the God-given vision of the church. Because the number one enemy of every vision is lack of provision. And there is so much that needs to be done, not just in America, but throughout the entire world. And the reality is it takes money. It takes resources. And I believe God is is is, is calling those kingdom-minded entrepreneurs that are growth mindset. And it's like, hey, let's rally the troops. Let's, let's lock arms. Let's create this kingdom economy concept here to actually be able to sow into the pastors, the ministry leaders, the, those the 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 nonprofit ministries that are doing incredible things, but man, if they just had resources, right? Yeah. If they just had the financial means, how much more? How much more quickly could they impact the kingdom uh, on the earth today? Right? We we pray Thy kingdom come, which is His rule and reign on this earth, uh, but also. God wants to do incredible things through us, through us. And if we had the provision and the means to actually do those things, I think the, the amount of lives and the amount of generations that can be impacted will radically change. But it takes that, that segment of the population, those to, that have that heart and that, that gifting, right? Because yeah. first off, and then I'll, I'll, then I'll throw it back to you, James. It's no, God good. that gives us the ability to create wealth, Right. It ain't me. It's God. It ain't any of us. There's gurus out there that, you know, Joel Osteen will tell you that, you know, you can sow and you'll you'll get it back, right? Biblical principles, because it's God, but yep. also it, it takes those with that heart transformation, that understanding that, yes, I've been giving that gifting, that talent, and that ability. Now it is up to me to steward it well. How do I steward these giftings, talents, and abilities well? So when the resources come in, we can then distribute them appropriately to make that true kingdom impact here on the earth. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, um, I, I will say I, I agree 100% that there's a unique skill set and mindset to being an entrepreneur. Um, I just had a guy on, uh, his name's Lowell Busnitz, and he did some research. He's a, He was an instructor for a long time, but he looks specifically at entrepreneurship. And his research was rooted in this idea that entrepreneurs use heuristics or decision-making frameworks, you know, and shortcuts far more often and uh, far more liberally than most of us do. Right. Sure. And so, you know, you have to get more comfortable with that sort of risk assessment, that quick risk assessment. And, uh, and he, he's, his research really bears out. I think what you're talking about, that there is a group of people 
who just think differently about what they're seeing. And, uh, and I think it's really important, the ministry you're doing to sort of cultivate that because, uh, even in our, uh, in the ministry we're doing out in Northfield. Um, so I was telling you, I'm with the DL Moody center. And, uh, one of the things we're doing is we've spun off a couple of, uh, for-profit businesses to try to help us support what we're doing on the nonprofit side. And so, um, it's, it's, uh, it's been difficult work. Um, especially for a guy coming out of academia. Um, but it, it's been a lot of fun. And I think it's going to pay dividends down the road because now we can focus really on doing the mission and just allow some of these other for-profit businesses to do what they do. And so I think it's a really important ministry paradigm that that we can explore and really make work in a lot of ways. And so, uh, yes. I, yeah, I just, I love the way you're thinking there. And I mean, the small group curriculum is close to my heart. So, uh, I love training and, and helping folks, um, get into discipleship. So excited to learn a little bit more about it, man. I mean, when you're training entrepreneurs to do this sort of, what is the, uh, I, and I don't know that the discipleship really will look different, but it almost has to have some unique qualities. So what are you focused on when you're doing some of your small group curriculum? What do you what do you highlight for entrepreneurs as they're going through your program? It goes without saying, but the Bible has changed so many lives. Take a second and think about it. If you didn't have access to a Bible or were even allowed to have one, this is a reality that many are facing. That's why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country, and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my book, Christian Resistance. Simply text THINKING to 71326 to help today. That's T-H-I-N-K-I-N-G. Or visit give.crew.org backslash thinking. Again, that's give.cru.org backslash thinking. Message and data rates may apply. Available to U.S. addresses only. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. It goes without saying, but the Bible has changed so many lives. Take a second and think about it. If you didn't have access to a Bible or were even allowed to have one, this is a reality that many are facing. That's why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country, and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. 
Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my book, Christian Resistance. Simply text THINKING to 71326 to help today. That's T-H-I-N-K-I-N-G. Or visit give.crew.org backslash thinking. Again, that's give.cru.org backslash thinking. Message and data rates may apply. Available to U.S. addresses only. It goes without saying, but the Bible has changed so many lives. Take a second and think about it. If you didn't have access to a Bible or were even allowed to have one, this is a reality that many are facing. That's why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country, and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my book, Christian Resistance. Simply text THINKING to 71326 to help today. That's T-H-I-N-K-I-N-G. Or visit give.crew.org backslash thinking. Again, that's give.cru.org backslash thinking. Message and data rates may apply. Available to U.S. addresses only. A a great question, James, because for me, um, when I was really diving into Scripture, it's like, okay, God, here's what radically changed for me. I realized when I was 16, I was looking to Jesus as Savior of my life, right? That's like all of us, like that's what we think, Jesus is Savior, but as I continue to read the Bible, I, I always one phrase that I that I always skipped over before Savior was uh, Jesus as Lord and Savior, <laughs> and and I'm like, wait a minute, the, what what's the difference here? Because we so many of us want Jesus as Savior, and so few of us want Him as Lord of our sure. life. Yeah. And when I had that understanding, again, this is why I just I love scripture so much it's it's living it's breathing because god reveals things at the perfect timing for us right and it's like right now i'm committing to to lordship because if if at the end of the day the only thing that was important was salvation right if that if that's it the only thing that any of us as believers literally the only thing that we should care about and do is to preach the gospel which is a part of what we've been told to do right sure To, to preach the gospel but one thing that that it, it it's so clear that we are to go and make disciples, not to go make uh, uh, fans of Jesus, not to go make uh, converts even of Jesus, but disciples, right? Like, and that 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 comes from the word discipline. And so, when I'm starting to really understand this and unpack this, I also then realize that man, the enemy has done an incredible job, and I hate giving him any stinking credit at all. But the reality is he's done an incredible job at infiltrating the mindsets of believers. And, and, and really, as I'm, as I'm reading the Bible, I'm, I'm starting to hear, you know, I mentioned Joel Osteen, like prosperity yeah. gospel, right? Yeah. And then yeah. I'm also where I grew up, every Christian in my town was broke, broken and defeated. And I was like, <laughs> I don't want any of that crap. Right. Right. <laughs> when I saw that, I'm like, that spectrum aren't good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when I grew up with that mindset and then I gave my life to Christ and all of a sudden I'm blessed financially, it, it's like, hold on, I must not be a good Christian. I must not like and And now I went down that rabbit hole for, you know, 15 plus years of my life where it's like, I can't be both. I can't, I, I can't actually 
you know, have money and be quote unquote, a good Christian, right? Because how I grew up like, oh, you must be greedy. Then you must be that you're, you're that type of person. And at the end of the day, here's again, how God is just so incredible in in the living, breathing word that he gives us. I'm reading through the parable of good Samaritan, right? It's like, I've read this thing so many times, but it's just been about three years now where I'm reading this and, and with this mindset that, that I'd been, you know, i I allowed people to put on me, right? Most of us at the end of the day, if we really think about who, why we think the way we think, it's because of other people's habitual ways of thinking and even speaking about us, right? How we grew up, how we, how we spend time, who we spend time with. Most of us are like mindset in in that aspect. And as I'm reading the the word and I'm I'm seeking out mentorship and, and I'm I'm coming to, you know, reading the parable of the good Samaritan again, we understand, okay, guys beaten, beaten up he's robbed on the side of the street like he's he's in need okay he is he needs help the priest comes and he's like ah i got stuff to do he like purposely goes out of his way passes on the other side of the street the levite comes he's like can't even touch him because i then i'm unclean and i can't you know i just i'm they're too religious for to, to help right along comes the samaritan and this is my mindset james like, I'm like, well, this guy, the Samaritan, I bet he was a businessman. I bet he was like on his journey because it said he has a donkey. He's probably going to set yeah. up his shop in the next town over, right? Uh, and I'm, this is, again, my spin on this thing. Um, but but as as we read this, he's like, he sees him and he's like, oh, snap. Like, I, let me help this guy. He bandages him up, puts oil on his head, says it puts him on his own donkey, takes him to the inn, pays the innkeeper, says, hey, take care of this guy. I got to continue on because he can't miss his meeting, of course, right? Yeah. But this is what this is what he says. Hey, I got to move on. But when I come back, even if there's debt due, it's on me. I'm going to take care of him. Like, just take care of this guy here. Then Jesus, Jesus is the one telling this parable, right? So he's like, which one showed mercy? Of course, it was the Samaritan that showed mercy, right? Yes, absolutely. Because they had said he had compassion on the man, right? And then in the very next sentence, man, this is what, unlocked me. This is what I needed to hear at this moment in time. Jesus says, this is a literal command from him. He said, go and do likewise. Likewise. And this hit me like a freaking lightning bolt from heaven, man. It was like, oh my gosh, it is incredibly expensive to be the type of Christian that Jesus called me to be. And it was like permission for me at that moment to go make money. Because yeah. for, because it was the, it was this limitation that I thought I couldn't be the giftings that God's given me. I wasn't able to to fully walk them out because of the the limited mindset that I allowed to be put on me. Quite frankly, that the enemy uh, has done from the beginning of time is infiltrate and, and put doubt in our minds on what Scripture actually says. Right? right. Because uh, I mean. The enemy is literally every time he was even tempting Jesus in the desert, he's like, he's quoting scripture, but he's, he skews it just a little bit to put That's doubt right. in our mind. And then we go down this rabbit trail where it's like, oh, I can't be a good Christian than if I have money. Right. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay. But, but also it says that, well, it's, it's easier for, uh, you know, a, a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into heaven. That's right. Yeah. So then I'm struggling with that. I'm like, man, but but here's here's the when anybody preaches on this, usually it's poverty gospel that they're preaching because right. they end here. They don't continue on because the very next sentence says, "With God, all things are possible." 
And so I'm like, oh, so the broke person still needs God too? Okay. Because so now I'm just understanding this and and really with this, this mindset shift. So long answer to your question, but the majority of things that we, we disciple people through is, is mindsets and understanding that why we are to be in, in the word of God on the regular, like daily, if not multiple times daily is because we have to continually be transformed because the enemy has, the enemy cannot block our blessing. Like be crystal clear. He can't do it. But what he can do is infiltrate our mindsets and cause doubt and get us to block our own blessing. And so when when I look at the Bible now, it's like, okay, I don't have any right to like pull this scripture out or, you know, truncate scripture to fit my agenda. If I do, shame on me, right? Well, I have to believe this whole thing. So I believe the entire word of, of God. And so I get to understand and dive into truly, which I'm sure you love, like the 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 context of how things are written and when it was right. written in the Greek. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's so overwhelming actually, but it's yeah. so fun and exciting to, to, to get to experience this, this kingdom lifestyle. Right. And, and, and inviting him yeah. into this process because it, it, the mindset shift that, that we have as an entrepreneur, the permission that we get. And then also just the, the ability to co-create with him. Right. That's a gift that, that he yeah. has given us as entrepreneurs. Uh, a lot of people, you know, what 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 some people say, oh, you're greedy. You're only thinking about how to, like, make money. That's a gift. If you got people in your life, maybe maybe consider cutting them out for a period of time because you have a gifting and it's important to, to steward that gifting well. Um, money will come with that. Right. But then that's a whole nother concept of, of stewardship. But the first stewardship that we got to have is what 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 has he given us, right? Our giftings, talents, and abilities. If we can steward that well, then we can you know continue this process of sanctification, um, which comes back to the understanding that it's not just about preaching the gospel and getting souls saved, right? But it's about discipleship. There's there's salvation and then there's sanctification through the rest of this thing. That's what the the whole point of this Christian walk is once you've given your life to Christ. And I didn't know any of that, man. If I, if I didn't know that at the age of 16, life would be radically different for me now, but I'm so grateful that I get to know that now. And now our job, what I believe is, is the, the God given calling on my life right now is to teach that to this next generation rising up. Um, yeah. Those that are specifically entrepreneurs or even entrepreneurs, people that are like, I know God's called me to more. I know that that there's there's something more for me. And how do we really pull that greatness out of out of each other? Um, is really just what the process of this discipleship process through the King's Council is is really truly all about. That's sweet, man. I mean, I think you know a lot of things you say there. I, I resonate with. I mean, I was just reading the Great Commission again, um, probably over the last six months. Um, I was studying it more in depth and. I'm um, trying to understand it a little bit better. And one of the things that I noticed immediately was that, you know, there's a therefore, therefore go. And mm-hmm. if you look at what that's connected to, it's connected to Christ's authority. He's been given authority all thing, over all things, heaven and earth. And so discipleship is about really bringing people under the authority of Christ. It's mm-hmm. obviously it involves salvation, but that salvation doesn't mean that you get to exercise and and uh to do life on your own terms is kind of the way i like to say it right you're constantly pulling yourself back underneath that authority of christ and i think there's 
there are some things on that where we look at it and we go, man, that's going to keep me from doing stuff that I want to do. But mm-hmm. if we look at it on the flip side, we say, but it's going to allow me to do so many things that I don't even know I want to do right now. And yes. so discipleship comes with this amazing sort of discovery, I think, of opportunities that we never would have known we'd had if we just rode on our own wit and wisdom. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in for this first part of the interview with Riley Meek. Uh, we're going to continue in a second part of the interview tomorrow. So come on back for the next episode of Thinking Christian. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air. They're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.